Lost Talk Radio. Them pop up on my screen. 
So tonight's topic, this 23rd of April, isn't it crazy we're one-third of the year in, and it seems like we haven't seen anybody, and we're running around this place. Uh, Everybody is a little bit timid, and everybody's a little bit gun-shy, but we're still alive. Some people that were here last week aren't here this week, personally, people I know, uh, not just from the virus, but from just like any older time, cancer and old age and accidents and things like that. But everybody that was here last week isn't here, but we are. And that is enough to be grateful for. And also, there are some folks that are struggling And I want to tell you all from the bottom of my heart, and I meant this, I I made a post the other day, um, I saw some of my people uh, from an old Waffle House. They ain't working. And um, I can attest, I had a friend on the phone, I laced the brother with some bread um, because I'm doing good. This economy, the way it is now, is great for my business. but it's not good for most. And I've struggled and I've hustled and I've learned from my mistakes and I'm going to still make mistakes, but I am never better than my fellow man if I've got 400 million. I wish I did, but I don't. If I had 400 million and my brother has none, I'm I'm no good. So tonight's topic, when we're going to get to the good part, is a line from a famous little Kiki He's from the Screwed Up Click out of Houston, Texas. Screwed Up Click was headed by a man named B.J. Screw, known for slowed down music with uh, chops and cuts in it, you know, scratching, if you will, from the old hip-hop DJ days but he did it over a slow beat. He slowed the beat down, slowed the song down, and then put his chops in it and then uh, sold it. And it was amazing. And I moved to the South. He was just at his prime. And one of the songs a couple years later was Good Part by Lil' Kiki. And one of the lines he says is, when are we going to get to the good part? I'm tired of living like this. I want to know how much money, how much money that he can feel. And so the just using that as a premise and not as the actual backbone, but just as the premise of a discussion tonight, when we're going to get to the good part, I want to share with you all how I got to the good part of life on several occasions, and and hopefully that information that I share from my life experiences will transfer to you and help you and or someone you know get to the good part of life for them. And it is indeed possible if you utilize a few proven techniques. So, getting to the good part. 
The number to call in, oh, yeah, good, good. The number to call in is 515. Let me, let me type that in. 515-605-9375. And when that goes, that then it can call in. It goes to the center center. So when I was a kid, and when I say kid, I was under 10 years old. I had to be in an all-white school. Many of y'all know this. Some of you know. But I grew up in a very rural area of Illinois. The store was like seven miles away from our house. It was a near store in the Bible. And uh, we were probably 20 miles from the grocery store. Just rural. So that's the setting. I was the only black kid that came outside in my neighborhood. Three black families. Two of them were had children that were uh, close to my age. Why is Facebook tripping? The two of them were close to my age, and the, they were girls. They never came outdoors. I was the only one that came on board. I dealt with a lot of struggles when it comes to racism at a very early age. The type of racism that most people would have either killed themselves, been killed, or killed someone. Through all that, and I apologize if y'all don't see it. It doesn't look like the video is streaming right, but I know it's still recording. Through all that, I had many instances where I had to really focus for my life. And I'm talking about before 10. And I finally came to grips that I wasn't like the other kids and I started to realize that I had more strength than they did and I was not using it ergo being bullied all the time every day in real ways and when I finally came to grips that I had strength I, I began to understand what my role was, I was many of them's only experience with anybody black. I didn't know there was a difference, you know, really, growing up, especially younger, un- until I saw that nobody else was being called the names I was called, and nobody else was getting treated like I was being treated. So when I realized that I couldn't go in the house to some of these people's houses, and I was the only person left outside, it wasn't that I was a boy. Um, it wasn't uh, that I was uh, fat. It wasn't that I was ugly or none of that stuff. It was mostly uh, because I was black. And when I say mostly, I mean 99%. But the good part for me came one day when the bullet shot. 
I never forget his can't remember his last name. But when Sean actually uh, got his ass whipped by me stepping up and thinking I could defend and protect myself. And I did. It was so liberating to slay the dragon that had been taunting me and teasing me for years. Then when I was a teenager and I wanted to have my own freedoms, I got hooked up with this group of guys and the the fellas taught me how to steal. One day we stole so much stuff that was supposed to be put away that they began to use it and they got caught using it and they told on me that I was with them and got busted. And although that wasn't big, that wasn't, I wasn't, I mean, it was a big deal, but that, that wasn't the big thing here. It was the liberation of knowing that I could do things on my own and not get caught. And hence the era of Big B and moving into a whole other type personality in in my early teenage years um, that most people didn't recognize from my early years around all those white folks. And I've had many more good parts. But I want to just dwell on those early ones because those are ones that most people deal with, and that is overcoming mistreatment by people, and then overcoming your own self-proclivities that are setbacks to your come-up and they are limitations and stagnation when you should be uh, working the bag nation. It is amazing when you realize that people don't have as much control over you as you think they do. That is probably the number one thing that people need to realize. You're not going to realize the best parts of life if you're relying on everyone else. You have to learn every time you're in situations where you can pick up something and and then do it yourself. So many people get in a situation and they depend on other people to play their part that they never realize what it is their role is, hence they never understand or appreciate what their role means to them. And I mean that in the very rudimentary essence of when you come across people that help you, It isn't their job to stay in your life forever. They're only there for a season. And these people are actually there to teach you how to do what it is they do so that you can recognize it when you move to the next level. Because everyone with certain traits and characteristics has the same kind of formula, even though the numbers may change in the formula. It's the same formula. It's the two times two and two plus two. 
same outcome, different numbers in the formula. But you can recognize it and see that, you know, hey, three plus one is also. But you know that everything they're doing is adding up. But those people aren't going to be the same people. You have people that die in your life. You have people who you fall out with in your life. You have people who move higher or move lower, and you move on, and you just, by just happenstance, you separate from one another. It could be that you matriculate at a different college than they did. But whatever the case is, you, you're, you're no longer one together. And what you now have, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, is a void. But the whole time you spent with them, you never learned their methods and techniques. I force people that spend time with me and look at me as a coach, as a big brother, as a mentor, as a guru. I force them to ask me questions. I force them to talk to me. I force them to, to do things because if I'm playing a role in your life, I hope you're getting as much out of it as I'm getting out of you playing the role you play in my life. Nobody's playing each other, but really and truly, we're learning from each other. And if you're not, you're wasting time. So one of the biggest things we have as a barrier to the best part of our life is not taking a tool, baggage, if you will, good baggage, with you on the journey, picking up item by item, from the individual by individual that you encounter through life. That's number one. If somebody shows you love, yeah, show them love back. You may not be able to show them love the same way that they showed love to you, but you show love in your own way, and the, the genuineness of your love will be shown. Now, it is already 18 minutes past the hour, if you didn't know, now you know you're listening to the Gumbo Talk Show. Yours truly, the Gap to Guru of Gumbo. You can always call in. I know we have a caller. I see you. What was that last for? I see you, 9073, out there. And uh, you can hit the number one if you want to get in with a conversation by dialing 515-605-9375 or tuning in to Blog Talk Radio, or you can also leave messages messages on Messenger or in this, the moderation of the comment section of this episode. So number two, the, the struggles, the hurdles that we put on ourselves, um, because I'm not going to deal with the negative people that I told you about. I'm just, de- just dealing with the positive people that you come across. If you focus on them, the negative people, they don't have en- enough time in your life to even focus on. Otherwise, you get headaches, you get angry, and sometimes anger is great. Don't get me wrong, but anger sometimes hinders, and that's what we're moving into now is the self-limitations that we have. I was talking to a good friend yesterday, and I was regurgitating what I had learned from a good friend of mine, and it was about risks. It's about taking risks. Did I say risks? Risks. And if you're not taking risks to win, 
You're not living. What you are is you're limiting yourself. You don't have to know the play step by step and walk lockstep in the plan to get to where you're going. You, as long as you have a good idea and you know exactly exactly where you want to be, notwithstanding hurting anybody else, it's really not many things that you can't do to get there. I know I said that very um, badly using English, but really and truly, there are so many pathways to greatness that if you leave out one, you're kind of tripping. You don't have to trip on yourself. There are, uh, I don't know, 99 ways to skin a cat, they say. And what we try to do is work two or three. And if the first one or two doesn't work, we go to the third one, then we go right back to doing the first, the second one, but we're just going to put a little tweak on it. And that's not really risky. You're, you're really just kind of being insane and repeating the same thing over again, expecting a different result. Malcolm X once said, by any means necessary. And Martin Luther King said, no, I'm going to turn the other cheek. But I will be willing to argue anyone down who definitely hasn't read um, Martin Luther King's trilogy book of, of chronicles of Martin Luther King. It's a three-book book, and it's probably 1,500 or so pages apiece. And I've read most of it. When I say I've read through it, the whole thing, but you have to go back through it. I've only done that once or twice, reading sections of it. But if you didn't know, Malcolm X rubbed off on Martin Luther King. And he began to realize that they ain't going to never in this society, the way it's set up, allow us to be equal, black folks to be equal. So what you have to do is go for equity and you have to disrupt. You have to be violent economically. And trust me, being violent to a business or an entity or a government economically is just like killing. Because you see how these people are all at arms. I'm going to show you how history repeats itself, and I'm going to show you how you can get to the good part. Because if you make a mistake nowadays in some of these things, it can cost you your life. Let me tell you how well that's true, what, what Martin Luther King was getting at and what he was practicing. Dealing with this whole coronavirus thing, these governors and especially these very conservative states and these people, these conservatives, that used to talk about protesting is stupid, and they're the very ones out there protesting what's going on now, so stupid. They're going to die, okay? They don't even know it. We're all going to die, but some people, their time is up. Mine might be, but if it is, I know where I'm going because I know the journey that I've been on. 
But let me give you an example of ones getting in their own way. So a lot of these conservative people are opening up their states, if you will, soon. That's what they claim they're going to do. I've already seen remnants of it the last couple of days, folks just out everywhere, just doing things, no mask on, no gloves at the gas station or where you touch a lot of things. I don't know if they got sanitizer or not, but they sure are wiping their face. They're playing with their nose, fingers in their mouth, licking their finger, counting money. They're doing everything as if that has ever been okay. And that is a mistake because, see, the enemy is so cruel, he would make you believe that you're doing right. And these folks that are crying about economy and not about health care are putting money over lives. Now, I'm not here to get on this political spin on this, but just talking logically, basic, one-on-one knowledge of survival, if you sit there and listen to people who clearly don't have the level of intelligence as you do, and you utilize their jargon and nonsense in a real-life situation, my friend, you are an idiot. You are an idiot. You're ignorant. You're stupid, and you don't get it. Because just like when folks boycotted buses and people said, uh, we don't think that's going to make any difference if you boycott a bus until it went from one town to many towns to many different buses, um, bus companies, and people were like, wait a minute, um, we do need black folks. And although this situation now we're dealing with does seem like it's targeting black people, that's not the point I'm getting at. The point I'm getting at is you can get in your own way by thinking that your way is the only way. And you will inadvertently go back on the very thing that you were adamantly against and don't even think you're doing it because you think you're different than everybody else that's ever done the same thing you're doing. And you will watch yourself self-destruct. I thought about how these people were protesting now and how the police are treating them versus how the police treated people in Ferguson when they protested Mike Brown's killing. And I'm going to be the first one to say it publicly, and I know people don't think this is popular, but Mike Brown did a lot of things to get himself killed. He wasn't a saint that day. And had he been smarter, he'd still be alive. Hence, in case in point, we get in our own way. And those folks that were protesting were protesting for the right reason. And people talked about protesting is bad because of them. But now these people are protesting this lock-in that we've had, this self-isolating uh, we've been doing, because they want to get out and go to parks with their kids. They want to go places. They want to go and eat in restaurants. Listen. How can you put that stuff over your life? But they're not thinking about their life. 
because the enemy's got their mind all thinking about self and not about self-preservation of the people, and they're out of their wits. These are things that get in the way. See, if these folks that were conservatives doing all this were just consistent with what they say and with what they do, I would be the first one to be a Republican. I want to so badly. But who could join something like that where people act ass? I'm not even really a part of the Democratic Party. All these people, my Democratic friends, they want me to get, get involved. I don't want to get involved with you. I don't even like you. I don't really like what you stand for. A lot of your things you stand on in your party, I, I ain't with it. I'm old school black, man. If, if you were to, to see my face, how I see myself in the mirror, I am my daddy. Hence the, the um, blog talk um, radio. When you go look at it at blog talk radio, I use my dad's image because this show, by the way, is dedicated to my father, Willie Joe Johnson, a.k.a. The Killer, um, because his birthday was uh, Saturday. And uh, I miss my dad. So um, this show is dedicated to him. But but really and truly, like like you say, uh, brother, as, as your dad said, an ounce of prevention beats a pound of cure. These folks think that they got the cure. They got all the answers. They're the smartest. Nobody knows it better than me. Okay. Um, let me tell you something. There's a whole lot of people who know things better than me. And it took me a long time when I thought I was coming into knowledge itself and I was studying up on my knowledge of my people. And I used to think that everybody else was dumb because they didn't know this. And then I had to start thinking, you know what? One day I didn't know all this stuff. And I'm brand new to it. Yeah, of course, Rika, that riddle with Bridges. Hey, Tay, good to see you. Kia, Kia, Kia Ora. That's what you say it all together, right? Kia Ora, uh, New Zealand in the house. But, yes, uh, Rika, um, the the fact that they sit on privilege is a big deal, but what what's what's bigger than privilege is if you had privilege and you were, you had knowledge of self, let's look at Matt and imagine what you could do. Look at the white folks that do things in the civil rights movement, knowing they're white, knowing they could get along, knowing that they just played the cards like their parents or their brothers and sisters played the cards. They'd have everything at their fingertips, but they choose to to side uh, with the oppressed because they realize that it's a whole lot more of them than us. And they also realize that why is it so hard to show love to people? But anyway, um, those two points, it's 31. I'm good. I got those two out in a half an hour. That's pretty good for me. Those two points are are good and helpful. If you just realize what you do, you set a goal, your goal needs to change as you acquire and attain each goal, right? And then also you got to stay true. You got to find out who you are and not be this robot that is, uh, nothing wrong with being of a culture, but you can't just be stupid to what's going on around you. You have to realize. You have to. You have to grow with the world around you. You you have to. I mean, look at all the people that are struggling now that don't like that didn't like technology. 
I said it today. This is the world has become reliant reliant on technology at this point. So many people are having uh, what do they call them? Zoom meetings now. These Zoom meetings are going down in such a real way that folks are without a computer at home. Or, or they don't have a smartphone, they have a flip phone, they just to stay at work because you can't work without having that going on now. Matter of fact, these folks are saying if you don't have it, you might get fired because you don't need to meet in a room together. I used to say that a long time ago. A lot of these meetings we could do from home. We had, you, I used to work for an agency, and we had clinics in Gilmer, Texarkana, Longview, several of them, Marshall, Henderson, and Carthage. Yeah, and I was like, why does everybody have to come to Longview to be? Just put it on the damn screen. The same thing you use for the for the uh, the patients to see doctors remotely, you can use that for that whole office. That whole office doesn't have to take off a day to drive, half a day to drive, 45 minutes into Longview, whether you're coming from the north or the west or the east or the south. And um, you, you could just simply just log in and be uh, – on on a on a conference call, you can see them, you know, ask them questions. You can do all that, but like you say, Rika, these folks can't even log in. They struggling, and they ain't gonna make it. They better learn. My mama got a Facebook page because <laughs> she wants to see church. She's been down here all this time, and she could be watching church at home. Do you know how happy she was, y'all, the other day when she, Sunday? when she got to watch her own church service back in Illinois, her pastor preaching, and she could type in comments and everything, and everybody was saying, hey, Drew, she, the people that she grew up with all her life, my mom lived in the same place all her life, same, same county, her whole life. So, you know, it's liberating. So here's the thing. Here, here's how we get to the good, good part, the next phase here. Okay, after we've discontinued allowing people to predicate what we're going to be. When we discontinued allowing ourselves to get in the way, we have to start realizing what we're going to pick up. When I told you earlier about picking up tools and go with you, how we use them. So you got to travel light, right? You got to learn to, to travel light. When you're going down a pathway Yes, Frederica, she is your friend. Um, when you're going down a, a road, we're talking about a pathway in life to get to the good part. If you're carrying every single thing that you learn with you, you have hardly any room to, uh, any wiggle room because you're kind of weighed down. One of the things I learned is I've learned about, like, tunnel vision. When I'm working on certain things, I'm not – I let other things slide. Like today, I don't know if y'all get it, but I've been like this uh, a lot in my life. When I get in a role like business has been for me, eating isn't necessary. And y'all know how Big Baby loves to eat. Look at me. All this big chocolatey, chunk, hunk, chubby husky, I likes to eat. I'm still a pretty individual, you know what I mean? 
you know, it's, it's hard work making something this ugly look good, but I pull it off. But check this out. It's, it's tunnel vision. There's nothing wrong with missing the eat when you're making the mark. I'm going to eat. I had, I got, I finally made it home out of being gone all day long, pretty much. I think I came home for it. I left this morning, started at 9. I had one real job today, and then I had just a lot of different errands to run, and I got to do it. I got to helping friends and all this, that, and the third, and helping out other people, which is, I, I, I got free time. I mean, I got to help out folks. I see you, Kendria. I, you, you notice you hadn't seen me today because I use UPS today. That's my girl from FedEx. Um, the I got done with that, and I was ripping and running, helping other folks. I didn't eat. I finally ate when I came in here about 6.30. I was hungry because I passed the place. I was on the phone, and I passed Grandy's because I was going to stop at Grandy's because I wanted that southwestern grilled chicken with the rice, and I wanted corn and baked beans. That's the Vic Verma special, Rico. That's what he used to eat like six times a week. Um, but it is actually a good little meal. That's what I wanted. But I came home, and praise be to God, Tab had made some tuna fish. And I ate two tuna fish sandwiches and a little bit of chips, and I'm good. I'm Gucci. I'm actually hungry again because I think that tuna fish went straight to the bottom. Case in point, certain things you focus on, and if you got a whole lot of baggage on you, you can't focus on it really good. Had I eaten, I probably would have slowed down. You know what I mean? Y'all know what I mean? If you had to put, just took one little slight variation off of your focus, you would have missed the mark. Let's see what he did. I don't work myself up to the shakes from getting too busy. Yeah, that's right. Well, shame on me. I don't care. I did. I didn't get the shakes, though. Um, but here's the thing. You've got to travel light. How you get to the good part is you might need to pick up something new on this journey that you're working. So if you don't need it, if I don't need to focus, if I don't need to think about something, I'm not going to think about it. It's a struggle for me now. I really need it. I wish I had a personal assistant. But um, if, if it wasn't for, for this right here, I'd struggle for real. Because I get contacted for jobs that are going to be tomorrow, Sunday, uh, Saturday, Monday, and Tuesday. I literally got jobs. The next Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, five days. I got work straight five days. And the little work I do those days, Praise be to God, some folks don't make any money. I'm not saying praise God that they don't make that. I'm saying praise God that I do. I was once one of the people that was struggling and straining. But I've always had the mind of a hustler. Or I should have said a heart of a hustler. And mind of a G. And I don't mean G as a gangster. I mean G like I'm, I'm grown. I've always had a grown up mind. Probably since I was four or five. Lucky to be alive. But the point is, these obstacles are sometimes brought on by us and lack of focus. If you're really focusing on a thing and you know that 
somebody talking or answering the phone. Sometimes I don't answer the phone. I want to because I know it's a potential job, but I also think that if they really want me, they'll leave a message or text me. And I had to learn that. I don't need to pick up everything. I don't need to take everything with me. I've got, oh, I wish I brought it in here. I got a new bag, y'all. Ooh, ooh, wait. Uh, Tab! Hey! I gotta call my, my people. They don't have any calling. They don't have to do that. Hey! Hey, who goes there? Hey, Kaylee, look in uh, the closet and bring that leather bag to me in my closet. You know, I'm the oldest child there in the bag. I used to talk about these rappers uh, and folks with these bags, but <laughs> I, I also learned that, you know, you, you got to have a bigger bag. I wish I had my other bag that I carry my notary stuff in. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to share with y'all. I'm going to show y'all some physical things of how we get to the good part. Um, you got to invest. So you got to come off a little money. You can't just go around like this. You got to let go of your stuff. And I've been shopping with black businesses. You're supposed to make these masks. I started giving them a little bread. I do it. You love these people. Yeah. Yeah. Just hand it right here. Hand it right here. Just put it on Okay. Thank you. Okay. So I'm going to move this microphone out the way. Y'all see that? Y'all see that genuine leather? Yeah, yeah. I wish you could smell it. You see that? See that? The straps, they got buttons right here, though. It ain't got, a, got, a, got buttons you get in the pocket. I got stuff in here, and I can't show you what's in this bag. Trust me, it's not thousands and thousands of dollars, but it's mechanisms that can get me to it. You know, I got my tablet in there. It's not a purse. This is a duffel. And I remember the song, Go and Get Your, Go and get your Money, Little Duffel Bag Boy. If I expect what I got coming to come to me, and I don't have a bag like this, like my other bag for my notary stuff that I use on a daily basis, it's way smaller. It's a satchel. That's a duffel. Of course, I, it was in the closet all day. I didn't carry it. I didn't put it in the car. I'm not that. I'm not, I'm not there yet. Uh, maybe a couple more days as I go into it. I, I spent money on this bag because I realized I need to carry certain things with me. I can't carry this whole house if you got one. But certain things I need to carry with me to keep this keep on. You see what I'm saying? And um, trust me, I always have something on. Um, and the reality is I have to have the tools to do it. So I, I got to put the tools somewhere. So you got to put them in a bag and, as you start to grow, your bag gets bigger. Your bag gets bigger. I ain't had no bag this big. I bet you some women wish they had this little purse. Y'all can see how big it is. Y'all know how big my head is. Most of y'all know this. This is a big old bag. It's a duffel, but it's also got a shoulder strap. So guess what? When I take a night trip, when we get back to the good part of, of being able to go out about, you think I'm not going to take the trips almost every single weekend, getting the hell up out here? I'm telling you, I'm going to see Tracy Morgan. I'm, and this is the, this is the good part. If you working, you make all that money, and you ain't saving it for the good things in life. You tripping, okay? And if you're not investing, like when I go see Tracy Morgan, 
if I get the chance to, 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 to touch Tracy Morgan, I'm going to tell him just as genuine looking in his eye because I think we have the same spirit at him because I love that man. And there ain't no, ain't no sugar in my tank, right? What we say, uh, what we say in the hood, we say no homo. But it means we don't have any sugar in my tank. Um, um, I love that dude. And I'm going to tell him, you know, man, look, you, you, you made it. You made it through the accident. You made it through comedy. You're at the top of the game. I think you're the funniest man alive, personally. And um, I just want to ask a favor. I'm a little old notary in an East Texas town, because I'm probably going to see him somewhere else, because he's supposed to come to Marksville, but the corona hit, and we couldn't go see him. But I had my ticket. I had my hotel. I had everything set up. We was going to do it big in Marksville at the casino. And um, I'm going to see him wherever it is. I'm going to tell him. I'm like, look, I only need one thing. Because I'm going to be traveling light. All I'm going to have is me. I'm not going to have all this presentation board. I'm not going to have a laptop. I'm not going to have a tablet. It's just going to be me. And I probably have about 20 seconds to talk to him. And I'm going to bring what I have learned all my life and put it in 20 seconds. One-third of a minute, and I'm going to get off up in it. And that one-third of a minute, I'm going to tell him, you know what? Brother, I support you, and I love you, and you don't know me, and you don't know me for man of the moon. And I'm going to keep on loving you, whether or not you do me this one favor or not. But here's my card. You can throw it away, but I promise you, brother, you, I'm going to pay back, and I will always give you the honor and respect for helping me. If you just mention my business in one of your episodes, um, or if I have to pay my own way, I come out and just take a part, and I can wear one of my own shirts in one of your episodes of Last OG. Or if I come to one of your comedy shows and you make fun of me and point me out and I can promote my business, I'll get there. But I just need you to help me. I think he'd do it. And I can't I can't say that he would or wouldn't, but I'm gonna put all that little thing I just told you. I can fit I can fit it in twenty seconds. Probably a short commercial. And it is possible to make everybody knows me knows my ultimate goal is to reach 57 million and beyond that if I can um, 57 million don't you think it's possible with a boost from a person like that. I mean, there's other people. I know y'all got people you're probably thinking of that you're less than six degrees of separation from. I'm not afraid to ask. That fear part is no longer in me. And that's my last point um, of the night. And, 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 and when we talk about fear, it has no place when you're trying to get somewhere. So what if you step off the ledge and it's a slippery, excuse me, a slippery slope and next thing you know, you slip and you fall down the mountain a little bit. If you don't die, you all the more better. Let's see here. What's sunshine? My girl, sunshine says blessings, favor, receiving, and believing in agreement. Hey, um, all those, all that might be a risk to some. It, 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 it's a risk to me, but I know this much. It's no fear. All the man can do is lie to me and say, yeah, brother, I got you. Or he can say the truth if he's not going to do it. It's like, man, I can't do that. I get that all the time. 
And I'm be like, man, I still love you, man. I shot my shot, and I don't know who else I'm going to come across. That's what I'm going to tell them. I don't know who else I'm going to come across that I believe can get me towards my goal in life. But just because you can't do it don't mean I don't love you any less. We got to stop hating folks just because they don't do something that we expect to call it love, right? Everybody don't love the same. Maybe if he denied me, that's what I need at that moment because I ain't going to give up. Why would I give up? Because one person said no to me. That's fear. That's intimidation. You can't have any fear out here. Yes, coronavirus is real. I am not fearful of the coronavirus. I'm fearful of what it could do to me being diabetic, hypertension, high cholesterol, arthritis. Uh, what else I got? Shit. Um, I guess I don't have anything else, but you get it. The point is, is um, you cannot go around here missing opportunities to be better. These opportunities are for a reason, and we can't sleep on them. We cannot sleep on opportunities. We got to take every one of them lockstep. And it's like, okay, okay, I missed that one. There's another one. Now, here's the thing. The big opportunities. I wish I could draw it. But imagining three, almost like the Olympics, but imagine three. Three overlapping circles. One, two, and a third one up here. And for all three of those circles, they all touch um at the same time in certain places. But there's only one, like right there in the center of the three, like a triangle, that they all touch at the same time, at the same speed, and in and, and the same inside the circle. All the other ones are on the edge. I wish I could show you, but that's the, that's the image in my mind that I always try to place myself. I'm trying to inch myself towards the opportunity that when the window comes, I'm going to be ready to jump, and then I'll forever be traveling in all three of those circles. All three of those circles for me are mind, body, and spirit. And if I'm able to do things with my thoughts and then my physical body is able to position itself in this world where it needs to be, and then my spirit is in tune with the universe and who I believe is the creator of the universe, then what else is there? <laughs> what else? Do tell. I'm, I'll wait if you can tell me anything better than a person having an understanding, a knowledge of their own thoughts, their body, and their spirit. I'll wait. Because bank account comes with that. Relationships come with that. I, um, I've had the ability to draw people and push people away real easily my whole entire life. And to be honest with you, I, um, most of the time I do all of them on purpose, both the drawing and the pushing. And if you think that you can, you will.
But if you keep coming up with doubt, that's fear active in your life. That is the enemy that is from the pits of hell getting in the way of your life. Doubt, misunderstanding, inconsideration, all those things get in the way of your life. And what I mean by your life, I mean your goal in life. Did you not know that fear can keep you out of afterlife? Your body can go into an everlasting state of rest and kind of be lost in limbo after you die. You can also be resting to be prepared for coming right back to this this world just in a spirit body. And I know everybody doesn't believe in ghosts. I know ghosts sound crazy. I believe in ghosts. <laughs> and I don't care if y'all don't or not. I know ghosts are real. I believe in the Holy Ghost. I also believe my ancestors communicate to me. And people that have held similar mindsets and mind frames and positions that I've held in life that the people spoke to me. And I know that it's true because I asked other people who were in it for the same genuine reasons, and they told me, yeah, brother, we had them brothers, we had them brothers and sisters visit us too. And I'm not talking about people came in and sat in the room, we all around the table, we see each other. I'm just talking about this. We, we all had the same thoughts and ideas and implemented things and strategies all over this country from different places and different backgrounds, not even knowing each other. And when we came together for our gathering every so often, we shared that, you know, hey, I did the same thing. And I'll ask them, i pull them aside, and i say, man, what made you really think of that? It's like, man, it just hit me one time. I was like, you know what, it did me too. But I'm going to tell you this. And I said, boom, boom, boom. And they said, yep, I had the same experience. That right there is spiritual. And spirits, ghosts, whatever you want to call it, it's out there. A unified thought, if you will, and or a similar thought that travels in the, the air, if you will. And people say, well, stuff doesn't travel in the air. Let me help you all out when I talk about getting to the good part. I can pick up this phone right here in my hand, right? And I can call Sierra, Rika, Sunshine, Glenn. I can call uh, uh, Ronan, Tay. Uh, who else? Uh, who else is listening? Oh, I don't know. I can't see everybody. Y'all know I, one. I ain't got my glasses on. Kendria. I, if I had Pam, hey, Pam, I didn't see you in that thing. Sorry about that, Pam. I didn't even see my girl, Pam. Hey, Pam. Um, I can call all y'all on this phone, and this phone ain't got no wire to it. So how does it get from this phone to you? It got to go through the air. You can't tell me there ain't energy in this air that we can't last on. I'm not going to give y'all too much of this game, but I'm going to tell y'all this. There's energy that you can last on that's around you all the time. When you're feeling down, if you just tap in, there's energy all around you. It's spirit, it's 
radio waves, all this stuff is energy. I got a charger to this phone. The phone don't even have to be plugged in. It just sets on. It's one. It sets near it, and it starts charging. That's energy. If you can charge something, that's transferring energy. There's energy all around us. There's spirit energy all around us, and we don't tap into it. And I'm telling you, it's around you. Grief is one of the quickest ways to it. That's why I always invoke my dad. When I'm struggling, when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm really not focusing on something, I start thinking about my dad, and I'll think about my dad, I'll think about my boy E. And y'all seen it time and time again on this show. Sometimes I, my voice cracks. I, I'm a man. I ain't going to lie. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to shed a tear because I get broken up about a lot of things. Even I don't know why I done got so soft. But I, I break up about a lot of things that mean much to me, but I instantly go to thinking about what's positive. And I take that tool I learned that in grief, I can transfer that energy of grief into the energy that I need that's more productive than grief. And I come out of my grief state and I move right into things that are constructive and are business-minded and are going to help me out personally and here I am on the other side of that episode. I don't care if you don't ever realize the good part, but I do hope and I do pray that you get to the greatness that you have in you. And I know that for some, good is the enemy of great. I read that book. It's a very good one. I need to reread it. Um, right now I'm reading the 12, 12 Laws of Man. Let me see what that book is. Uh, hey, don't make me cuss you. Y'all I almost said something that I shouldn't say on here, but she almost got told. Um, where is that audio? Here it is. I want to get the name of this book right. I know that the author is Charles Fillmore. The 12 Powers of Man. I haven't finished up the Queen V. You know what, this is a little too much for women, and I kind of lost it there. But I got a very good understanding of vagina, better than I did after I read the Queen V. So, ladies, if you want to know your vajayjay a little bit more, Read that book by Dr. Jackie Walters. But I'm reading now Charles Fillmore's The Twelve Powers of Man. It's getting a real good understanding of who Jesus is in our lives and the spiritual part of it. And it's good. It's confirmation for me, so that's good, too. means I've been reading and studying the right thing. But having said all that, the, the, the thing with fear, if you could go one day, and tell people exactly what's on your mind. That would be so liberating. You understand me? I mean super liberating for you because it will get you in the mood to do things that you haven't done in a long time. And if you begin to do things that you haven't done that you should be doing. And you start to do things that you should be should have been doing that you haven't. 
um, it's going to put you in a I I suggest a whole day of telling people the truth. And that doesn't mean hurt your feelings. Even though sometimes feelings get hurt, the feelings are always tertiary at best. Facts and faith always come before feelings for me. My feelings can get pretty high, but trust me, the facts and faith will already factor in. So, understanding people around you don't control you, that your own limitations can't limit you, and an understanding of where you're situated and how to use what you have as tools and traveling life and implementing them and picking up new things as you go on your journey, as well as an exodus of fear, real fear in your life, an exodus of it. You're going to do good. You're going to drink another one of them, man? Half of it. What time is it? It's too late. Even though I ain't got no sugar in it, only half of it. And you put the other half up for tomorrow. Deal? They ain't got no sugar in it, but you know how kids are trying to drink everything. They shouldn't be drinking late at night. They might be Peter Man or nothing. We don't do all that. I never seen I, I said you don't. Try not to get emotional. But that sugar sometimes, if it's sugar, it will ride them up. But the, the thing I'm getting at, y'all, those four things, the good books that are out there to read, the good people that you can learn from and say, hey, look, I like the way they do this. How can I do that too? Everything is, almost everything is learnable. Even charisma. You can pick up charisma. Did you put that in the refrigerator? Oh, good. Um, even charisma. You can learn how to walk in charisma. I was telling another friend yesterday, and um, I was getting on her case about her limitations, getting her way. I said, I, I can walk in a room. Now, my dad has this too. My dad had this, these chops. But you can walk in the room and our spirit animal fills up the room. I can walk in the room and feel small, but even if I try to feel small in the room, I still bring a presence. I didn't ask for that. I know how to make it work for me. I, 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 I tried it. And I've learned how to alter it, but I can't really tell y'all because that game, I have to do a seminar. And I, trust me, I'm working on a seminar. I ask people to help me with it. A lot of people show me a lot of love. I think I got like 400 bucks I still have in the bank that I'm using. I'm using it to get this uh, training out for people who, who just want to be better. And, and trust me, it's going to cost to take this training. It's going to be anywhere from $50 to $100, $99 or less. But it, it, it's got to be a value on it because people won't take it serious if I put it out there for free. They just won't take it serious. But I'm going to help people in a real way um, with the experience I've had. I'm 42 years old. I've been presidents. I've been 
founders, I've been chairmen, I've been I've been caseworkers, I've been managers, I've been supervisors. I've been a lot of different leadership roles, but I've also got to those roles because I was very good as just a member. I was very good. I've been deacon. I've been a preacher. Um, I've been a lot of things, y'all. Did you, I know y'all don't know all of the car salesman, a grocer, um, fried chicken cook, five-star restaurant cook. Bus boy, mobile notary, educator is a new one. <laughs> I can't believe I'm a freaking educator. But I can't. Kind of makes sense. But um, I've been a hoodlum. I've been a thug. I wasn't a gangster. That's a different thing. I was a vice lord, though. Um, I got the chance to do a lot of things. And if I can help people to realize the path of mistakes is necessary and it is helpful, you don't have to make the same mistakes everybody else did before you. You can make your own and and just stutter step those ones that everybody else made. And I want to help people do that. I want to help y'all. I think I helped somebody tonight with this um, I didn't have as many jokes as I normally did do because I I think that we just have this time on us and a lot of people are dying around us. Don't get caught up in that job. I did some numbers this past week. The, the flu, the, the rate of flu and death is like point zero zero one. The rate of this coronavirus they're saying it's anywhere, well, the numbers right now are .05. But I heard another scientist um, say the other day, it must have been Tuesday, he said it's more like .1. And if you don't know what .1 means, that means 1%. That means one out of every 100 that's that's amazing. One out of every hundred. Even though some of the other coronavirus specialists, this is just a specialist in diseases, said the point one, but the coronavirus guy said one out of eighty. I don't know what that what that percentage is, but I I know that it's higher than point one. I'm going to my calculator. It's time for the calculator. Time for the calculator. What is it? 80 divided by 1, is that it? No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're still in the same realm. A little bit higher, but, you know, by 0.25%, by a quarter of a percent higher. But um, 1 out of 80... There's a lot of death. When you start talking about 8 million people, you start talking about 100,000 deaths. If 8 million people acquire it, there's 100,000 deaths. And they're projecting that 8 to 16 million people in the United States will get this virus. 
Do y'all not see how these folks who get in their own way are going to kill off and make, and they're going to make what the government says come out to be true because they believe the government, even if it's to their death. We have a lieutenant governor in the state of Texas that says death is worse than economic hardships. I mean, economic hardships is worse than death. What you eating now? What you in there doing now, boy? Eating an orange? Kids, all they do is eat. Does anybody raise your can if you're ready for these kids to go back to somewhere? I don't care where they go. I'm voting maybe hell for three days. These are guys eating everything. They talking. They up. It's like 4 p.m. to 3 a.m. in the morning. These some guns is up. Sleep all morning, all day. I'm up at 7.38 getting it. But, hey, but listen, the kids got to go. Time teaching them. I don't know why these kids ain't mad enough to want to go to school. Some of them, I know some of these kids begging to go to school. Not this one here. You want to say hi to the people? Yeah. The folks like you. Come on, talk with your chest. Come on, right here. He took off running, the nigglets. Come here. Come here. He's going to put on a shirt. I was going to let him come talk with his chest out. Got his best out. My boy, little swole. Now, he's still skinny, but if he keep eating like he's doing, he's going to look like his paw. He's going to go from whatever they used to call it. I never wore them pants, but I was always in the husky section. That's all I know. He'll be a husky. <laughs> I don't want him to be husky, but, you know, that's how they grow. But, yeah, check this out. Those four things. And you mix that with what you already have, you'll be a bad woman or a bad man. You'll be a bad woman or a bad man. Come on. Can, you, can, you, can y'all see him? Yeah, you can see him. Say hi. Say hey to the people right there. Hi. No, look at him. You look hi. At him. So, no, not hi. Hello. Hello. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? We don't never say hi to another man. Man always says either hello how you doing? But hi or hey to another man is man code. So let's remember that. I just talked to you something. So you can say hi or hey to a girl, but you can't say that to a man. It's always, what's up? Hello. How you doing? What's going on? What's up, doc? Something like that. So you done? Did you speak? No. You got anything else you want to say to the no. people? Nothing? Yes. What do you want to say? Nothing. Say something. <sighs> Nothing? Yes. Okay. Y'all see the head on that boy? He's over the barbershop. I used to cut his hair, but he'd be running for me. He don't want to cut his head, but he ain't going nowhere. Just to the thousands of people that watch this across the world. But oh, well. What you mean genetics, Rika? That boy don't act like me. Yeah, he's grown. He really has grown. <laughs> Boy, getting tall. He's thin, though. But he's getting tall. You see, he's about my height, and I'm sitting in this chair. New chair. Y'all see it on the thing? It is wide enough. Look, I can wiggle in the seat. But I'm a big boy. I got room on the side. I got room to put a phone on the side of me. I'm telling you, things getting better. 
I hope y'all keep that Rona off of you. I'm about to sign out of this thing. But really, y'all, if you didn't catch every point that I made or the four points in the poem, um, do, do, do go back and listen to it. But I want to tell this one story to you and uh, what experiences I had before I let y'all go. And I'm going to let y'all go have fun because I still got other things to do tonight um, as well. But check this out. I was... Um, I must have been 19. I had to have been... No, 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 no. I was 18. First year of college. I had been living in Louisiana. And uh, I came home on a holiday. I think it was, I don't think it was summertime, but I don't remember it being cold. I don't remember it being hot. I mean, I wish I remember it. The point is, as I came home, I was smoking weed. I left a bag of weed. Me and my partner, CT, were going to get some girls, pick up these girls, bring them back to my dad's house. My dad worked out of the country for 30 days at a time in Egypt. I had the house to myself as a teenager, and I had keys to his car, both vehicles. He had a 92 Mazda Bordeaux in color, 929, with the gray inside. That's that little pickup truck. Me and my partner CT went to pick up these girls. We left a bag of weed in a jar or a vase. Well, it wasn't a jar. It was a nice vase on the kitchen table, on the dining table. And sometime between us leaving and coming back, apparently my aunt or my dad's girlfriend came in the house and found it. I don't know how she found it. Unless she was looking through the window when we stuck it or something in there. I don't know how she knew where it was. Out of the whole house, how do you find it? Anyway, she found the bag of weed, and we did not know where it is. We just know it was missing. Uh, didn't have a weed to smoke with the girls. I think we went and got another bag. But we did. Came back. And the phone rang. My dad calling from Egypt, saying that my aunt and his girlfriend had this bag of weed they had in the house, and he was mad. And I know he couldn't get there to whoop me or nothing. He was in Egypt. I mean, how many thousands of pounds is that from Rock Island, Illinois? And I was upset. Uh, yeah, my dad knew. Uh, found out that we had that in the house. I was upset about that, but I was more upset that they took my weed. They didn't have to take my weed. They could have just told them that it was there. Me and C. Killer still smoked, smoked in the house, had these girls in the house, do whatever we wanted to do. And they did whatever, they did everything we wanted them to do. And they were enjoying it. And I 
my dad came home. Eventually, that it was a summertime because I was there the whole summer. He came home and he got on my case and he chewed me out. A year later, I came home and he gave me the bag of weed back. And he said, Get rid of this. Get this out of my house and don't you ever do that again. And I looked at him and I said to myself, is he stupid? That was a good little bag. It was Reggie. But up north, you know, an ounce of weed was like 100, 125 bucks. Down here in the south, it was like 25 you know. And it was expensive. I smoked that weed. That's how I got rid of it. I smoked every gram of it. It was dry but it still smoked. And I'm telling y'all this story because I realized years later of how disrespectful that was. Um, I, By the way, I burned up most of his girlfriend's clothes and shoes and a barrel. I forgot that part when I found out when he told me she had came in there and took it. And she had stuff still in his house. She had her own place, but she had a lot of stuff there. I burned that shit up. And um, I, I realized that, you know, I had disrespected him. But I also realized that what I had learned was I really wanted that bag of weed so much it came back to me. I really believe I willed that to come back to me. Because the time he gave it back to me, I didn't have any. And I took it, and I had some. So it's, I know that's a, a little different end that you want to get, but I realized what I had done to my father. I did not care what I did to that woman. And I got what I had wanted at the time that I needed it. And it's many of us that have stories that are like that, maybe not that one. And CT, my witness, I don't know why he's not listening to every episode. He lives up in, well, he's moving back to the Quad Cities, but he's, he's been living up in the Minnesota area and uh, sometimes in the Iowa area, but he's moving back to take care of his daughter in in, in the Quad Cities. I'm going to get him back on. He's been on the show a couple of times back at the beginning, and then he went away for a while like he does. Sometimes he has to go off to college for a while. That's my ace, Boone Coon, my oldest friend on the planet. He's been my friend since 1990, 91. Been my friend since then. And uh, he'll never not be. Nothing we can do to each other to ever stop that. So I'm going to get him on so y'all can hear some of the stories about me when I was a teenager. Because people just don't believe it. That's why I tell y'all I've lived a lot of lives. I've, I've, done, I've done some real gangster stuff. I'm not a gangster anymore. I just. I'm a dad. You see my son. I'm trying to take care of him. I got two daughters. I'm a wife. I've got friends. I've got a business associates. Things I got to take care of. But my bag is getting there. Get, get from get, get. The bag. It's getting bigger. It's kind of heavy too. 
It's getting bigger. And I'm grateful. But I don't want to do this by myself. So I, I want to see a lot of y'all do better. So take your time. Do it right. You can do it baby. Do it tonight. And that being said, I'm going to sign off on the Gumbo Talk Show on Facebook, um, Blog Talk Radio, and the recording that I have that is going to be airing on 